one. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Welcome into another edition of the Score North Gophers Show. I am James Murphy running the ship today. With me via telephone, as always, is going to be Daniel House. He is at Daniel House NFL on Twitter. Daniel, the Gophers, they're 4-0. What are we doing here? The last time I've seen the Gophers have a passing attack like this is probably never in my 23 no. years of watching Gopher football. No, it's been it's been pretty spectacular just what they've been able to do. We'll we'll touch on this a little bit more as as the as the the show goes on, but the single greatest passing performance in Big 10 history is now owned by one Tanner Morgan. What are your reactions to the Gopher offense that we saw yesterday and a historic day for for the Gopher quarterback? Purdue had no answers for the RPO slant, James. Like, unbelievable how the linebackers were just selling out against the run. They were committed to not giving up any rushing yardage. And Minnesota kept running the RPO slant. They'd run an RPO slant with a bubble on it. They'd attach a hitch to it. they just vary the route underneath the slant a little bit, and they'd keep attacking it, and those receivers would – have 30 yards of separation by the time that they were by the time they hit the open field it was just unreal how they attacked Purdue with that play and Tanner Morgan was accurate at all levels I mean the receivers had were wide open but you still got to make the throws the touch on the fades those are always the key with Morgan he's so good at touch and placement and the deep throw to Bateman, he hit him right in stride. It was one of those days where he's going to remember this one for a while. 21 for 22, 396, and four touchdowns. Highest completion percentage in a single Big Ten game with a minimum of 20 attempts. That's just absolutely wild. And one thing that, that I was very impressed with, and I think most people aren't going aren't gonna to talk about it, is he actually was given quite a bit of time back there to throw. I mean, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of those patterns, as you mentioned, they were the RPO variety. They were uh, quick-hitting slant, slant patterns where you're not going to need a ton of time. But overall, he was sacked four times. I mean, it's not, it's not a perfect day, but I think a couple of those were, were maybe on him, just not real, you know, not the, 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 the internal clock, maybe not going off in his head needing to get rid of the ball but I, I I was very impressed with the amount of time that he was given by this go for offensive line something that we noticed definitely needed to improve over the first three games for the Gophers well the bye week came at the right time like we said before that that week happened we said that they needed to focus on the fundamentals get back to playing sound football up front and that yesterday was the first sign of progress that I've seen where they haven't had issues in pass protection. Morgan had time to do what he needed. Even on those longer developing plays, some of those were the result of Morgan holding onto the ball too long or not feeling the rush very well. But for the most part, I liked what they did rotating the offensive linemen too. They had John Michael Schmidt at center for a while. They rotated at the guard spots. It was like they gave those guys a little bit of a break. I don't know if they felt like Maybe there was a fatigue issue inside in a couple of those games down the stretch because they rotated in the interior spots pretty consistently, and I thought it helped keep them fresh. They were able to finish blocks better. Just a little subtle thing that they did that kind of stood out to me. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just – I was so impressed. And, and it's almost – when you look at how the Gopher offense performed yesterday against Purdue – I I just have to think that that's going to have to be their blueprint going forward for how you're going to win in this league. They don't need to be the, the, the prototypical big 10 team where you're, you know, you're running the football. I think they have to take advantage of their matchup, um, their matchup uh, wins here and there where they have them. And that's going to be with those receivers against big 10 cornerbacks. That's where they're really able to move the ball down the field. And I wouldn't be surprised, maybe not so much this year because you have your offense set. And while you're making tweaks here and there, I think really next year is where you might look at the Gophers becoming a completely different kind of offense where they're, they're more looking to throw the ball uh, and and run secondary uh, as opposed to what they've been doing really since we've seen them as an offense. Well, what you said complements the article that I wrote on Score North last night talking about how the identity is slowly shifting of this team. They're developing a pretty lethal passing attack, and you look at what that does for the whole offense. So these teams that commit to stopping the run, Minnesota will attach so much of the RPO stuff to run fits, and it causes a lot of headaches when linebackers maybe bite on a run fit or teams commit maybe – okay, we're going to stack the box a little bit to try to stop the run. Then you get burned through the pass. So the thing is, is when you have two attacks like this, it requires coordinators to be like, okay, what are we going to take away? And and there were times you look at the end of the game where you had to shut down the pass. They're Mm -hmm. killing you with the RPO slant. Second half, they made the adjustment to the slant and go and Bateman burned them over the top. You knew that was coming. And they wore him down with inside zone running when Purdue was trying to take away all the passing concepts that Minnesota was running. So when you're able to effectively pass the football and have the weapons like they do, you not only have to account for multiple different receivers and take them away, but when you do that, you're going to run into lighter boxes too. So it helps everything. And if Morgan could maybe take off on a couple couple times on on design runs and zone reads and things like that it would help the whole offense too because the teams aren't giving that much attention so there are multi-dimensional layers to the offense and I think yesterday was the first time you really saw another addition to it I said it all not confidence the the, the scheme was basic they weren't unveiling a lot of different things and now you see okay little glimpses of what you could potentially uh, have down the stretch Absolutely. And we, we, we do have to mention too, with the offense, you know, uh, Rodney Smith had a had a pretty good day on the ground. He averaged five point mm-hmm. two a carry. We not we didn't see too much from Shannon Brooks. They 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 did unveil him as his uh, his big return to the Gopher lineup. He had eight carries. Or I'm sorry, he had uh, I'm not sure. He, he he had five carries for five yards, averaging one per carry. So not not too much in the offense for for Shannon Brooks. But I think they more just they 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 used Rodney as he was uh, he was showing that he was uh, he he was having more success success on the ground not a bad day on the ground though they they certainly uh, especially at the end of the game when they needed it iced away they went to Rodney Smith and, and he he came in clutch for them when they they needed some big first downs there in the fourth quarter well you look at the game before that when Rodney went down you saw when they had more inexperience in the ball game at running back the vision wasn't nearly as good and, and of course the blocking up front wasn't as consistent they weren't finishing blocks 
when I watch the game back, I'm curious to see, but at the initial glance, I was impressed with how they, they finished to the whistle more than anything. They were just so inconsistent at finishing blocks and playing physical. The offensive line did a better job of that yesterday, and some of that, I think, is the reason why they were trying to keep those guys a little bit more fresh. I also love John Michael Schmidt's young center that they had in there. He brings kind of a physical edge to the offensive line when he's in there, and he's going to be a piece they can build around moving forward. But you look at what Rodney can do from a vision standpoint, that's his strength. He's one of the more elusive backs in the country in terms of when people have broken down elusiveness ratings among backs of of his caliber, he stands out. So when you have him on the field, it changes everything. And Shannon, they're just trying to ease him back a little bit. And when he does, that adds another layer to the entire offense. So you look at what the future of this Gophers offense, the stats supported that they were performing pretty well. They were making mistakes early in the non-conference slate, but there were some things there like yards per pass attempt, things like that, that you could tell they were running the ball 77% of the time on first down. They, they flipped that a little bit. I want to see what that number was in this game because I think it was way less. The offense hasn't been showing what they can do, and now we, we've got a glimpse of it yesterday, and, and the upside is extremely high. All positive on the offensive side. We do, Daniel, we do have to talk about the defense, though. Um, they, they, you know, they, they took advantage of a couple things. One, the, obviously, the, the, the game began to turn on the, the play where you had Elijah Sindelar and, um, and Rondell Moore both go down on the same play with game with uh, injuries that would take them out for the game and possibly longer. Um, that's obviously their starting quarterback, who they had just gotten back out of the concussion protocol, as well as Rondell Moore, probably their best player offensively. So, just from a standpoint of that, the Gophers were were kind of gifted that situation. But what what did that really do uh, that you saw? Where where it? Uh, how did that really affect Purdue's offense at that point? Well, it changes everything because Sindelar is an efficient passer. They can do a lot of different things with him that they can't when Jack Plummer's in the game. Rondell Moore is someone they're trying to get the ball to. A lot of their systems designed around that. The gadget plays, you saw some of those. The end around with the flea flickers and all this stuff that Jeff Brom loves to do uh, to get guys the ball and, and create uh, opportunities for his playmakers. And Rondell Moore is someone that you simply can't take out of games. you got to just try to limit what he does because they're going to get him touches in a variety of different ways. And when he goes down, that changes the, the entire offense. That's, that's like losing a, a key ride receiver for the Gophers. It, it changes everything. And they don't have the same amount of depth. You look at like David Bell, he had a big game, but you cannot possibly make up for the loss of Rondale Moore. And then your quarterback goes down the experience veteran that you have leading the offense that's had such a high volume of passing success and the offense was built on so many explosive plays six of their first 10 passing tds of the season span more than 30 yards so that was a devastating injury for purdue and i just would have liked to have seen the gophers defense respond a little bit better to that because i thought they didn't tackle very well 
they had a lot of missed tackles, and and that was really what hampered them along with uh, a fluky end of the game, really, where you had Purdue score to make it a 14-point game. They come out with a, the semi-surprise onside kick. I, I, You know, the Gophers were lined up to try to defend it, and they just weren't able to get it. They they, they kicked it at uh, Seth Green, and he was unable to control it. I believe it bounced right off his face mask, and, uh, and, and Purdue was able to recover. They go down and score, and Gophers for fans are kind of nervous at this point because it's a one score game and and you have to ice the game away so not a completely clean game the defense really could have you know done better I thought the offense they they did what they could and they put points on the board I mean you can't really ask Tanner Morgan to do more than he did so uh, you know it, it was more that again they're Daniel they're just not putting together a complete game we have really yet to see that so far with the Gophers in 2019 that's what I want to see, James, is a game where they play complete offense, defense, and special teams. Because in these first four games, they've had to – someone's had to step up. Like the offense has had to carry a little bit of the weight. Maybe the defense makes a play like Winfield at the end of the Fresno State game. Right. There's There's been different moments where each unit has had to make a play to define the game. I want to see what this team looks like when they play mistake-free football on offense, defense, and special teams because the upside is high. They have a lot of talent. But defensively in this game, tackling wasn't very sound. Defensive discipline was not very good. Jeff Brom hits teams with a lot of motion, and I thought the Gophers were really, really uh, subjected to a lot of alignment problems when when they deployed a lot of that. You look at that swing pass TD, the linebacker gets sucked up off the motion. They got the man matchup they wanted on the outside, and it was an easy TD. So those are the types of things that they have to get better at. The, the encouraging aspect of it is I feel like it's more fundamental and technique-based. You can get down to the basics and tackle a little bit better, work on your alignment, simplify things down again. Just the the pass rush, too, I thought they collapsed the pocket well, but they allowed Plummer to extend some plays with his legs. And the, you can build off the pressure that they created to collapse the pocket. Now you got to start finishing some of those sacks, especially with mobile QBs like Adrian Martinez on the horizon. Exactly. And I, I think this game, you know, this, I feel like this one felt a little bit better and maybe it was because they had, you know, they had the multiple touchdown lead in the fourth quarter and, you know, you, you, they didn't really have that in any of the other games. So other than, I mean, I, I guess Georgia Southern, but that one, I mean, you had to still come from behind in, in that game to, to win it. So I, I feel like overall this one, I mean, it was against Purdue. It was on the road. So all those things considered, I, I think this one felt a lot better than the first three um, if you're a Gopher fan. Would you would you agree? The first three where you had to find a way to win. Now this is like you got to hold on to a lead. You got to learn how to finish games, and that's something they haven't had to do yet. And luckily, they've been able to handle the high leverage situations really well at the start of the season. And I think you're going to see that continue down the stretches. Hey, they've been there, they've done that, and there were a lot of goofy things in those first three games. And yesterday, that onside kick's crazy. It was like a bad hop going into the ground of the short team from Seth Green. And you just can't, sometimes you just can't 
and possibly handle those types of Daniel, that's that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do exactly that with the onside kick nowadays. You, you're not trying to, to squib it and, and basically hope hope that you can get there. First, you want to just boot it directly at somebody and hope it just bounces off of them. We saw that in the Wisconsin game as well. It was the same mm-hmm. situation where uh, the, the kicker just, just – just, I think you just pick a guy. You just pick a guy to kick it at and, and hope that it bounces off of him. And, and, and we saw it happen a couple times yesterday. When you look at that grass surface, too, you hit that at the right angle and you pop it in there, it's going to shoot straight up in the air really fast. And when you're on those turf surfaces, it's even more so the case where you pop it into the ground and it goes straight up or hits off a guy's face mask. That's exactly what you're looking for. The art of the onside kick has changed. This is this is a potential article topic here, the art of onside <laughs> kicking, the evolution. That would get a, that would get a lot of clicks, I think. So, let's let's take a look a little bit going forward here. Uh next week the Gophers it's it's homecoming back here in Minnesota. They they face the Fighting Illini. What can we really look at in that game as is really the 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 soft underbelly of the Gophers schedule is is really coming up here in the next couple games well Reggie Corbin is the big thing that they're going to have to account for he is one of the most underrated explosive backs in the Big Ten all the guy does is create runs where he hits a seam he is has phenomenal vision you look at what he did I watched those guys play against Nebraska and a couple of the runs that he had were all because of his vision his patience he is a guy that the Gophers are going to have to tackle well. You don't, you can't go in there and arm tackle Reggie Corbin or he's going to make you pay. So right away, it's the tackling. That, that's 1A on the list of things that they have to fix this week is tackling. Then it becomes the discipline. And Illinois' defense, their front seven, I like some of the players that they have on their defense because Bobby Smith has always invested in building that defense in the front seven with the pass rush. And I I could see a, a game where the Gophers and, and Illinois, they, they are in a shootout because that off, the two offenses are able to create explosive plays. And the defenses have had moments where they've been pretty undisciplined uh, throughout the first four games. And I don't I don't want to get too, too ahead of the, of the sticks here, uh, so to say, but you you look at what the Gophers have done so far. They're four and zero. They they've you know the, the, it hasn't been perfect, but they their record is perfect. Um, and and you look at what you have coming up, especially in the month of October. You have Illinois coming to town. Then you have Nebraska coming off just an awful performance uh, uh, against Ohio State at home, followed by going to Rutgers to take on the Scarlet Knights. And then finally, to end off the month, you have Maryland coming in here um, uh, to take on the Gophers. What I mean, could this this is lining up pretty well? Looking at exactly what the Gophers can can do going forward this season, would you agree that that they really have an opportunity here to to possibly go into that Penn State game? Maybe not eight and zero, but for sure seven and one, and and feeling pretty good about themselves. Yeah, they've put themselves in a really good position here to be in a spot where those final four games leave them a chance to compete for the Big Ten West because you have games against the Iowa and Wisconsin, the two teams that I think are the clear-cut 
front runners and contenders in the Big Ten West, and then it's kind of everybody else. And you could argue Minnesota is probably third on that list when you look at the competition that is below them. Mm -hmm. And these next five games, I believe the Gophers can compete or win each of those. Illinois feels like the biggest trap game to me. They are – they – well, they're slightly (laughs) inconsistent with how they play. But they have some weapons, and this that one's the most concerning game. I hear you. Look at last year. They match up well with Nebraska because the secondary for Nebraska can be exploited with those receivers. The defense is going to have to account for Adrian Martinez, do a better job, but you can spy him. You can do things schematically to take that away. Rutgers, I feel like that's a game where they can go out and pass all over the place. Maryland secondary is a wreck. You watch Penn State game. Oh my goodness, they were getting gashed. That wasn't very nice. 421 passing yards. The secondary is just a mess. The Gophers can go off there, and there they are. You've got four games where if Minnesota wins each one of those, they go into Penn State eight and zero home game against two teams that are probably ranked. And that's that's a game that can turn the tide of the whole season as you enter a four-game stretch that gives you a chance to do something you haven't done in a long time. Not just that, Daniel, but we in those the next the next five games that you mentioned: Illinois, Nebraska, then at Rutgers, but then Maryland and Penn State. Four out of the five at home. Um, they're they're just lined up. And I mean, they're lined up to to really be able to take advantage of of the softer portion of their schedule. And I'm I'm just excited to see what that uh, if they're able to do that. That Penn State Minnesota game that should be something special on the schedule. College game day, man. Oh, man, it. it could be a college game day <laughs> environment. Penn State Minnesota Saturday night football. Go look up the slate of games that week. I'll do it. It has a chance to be the best one of the week. And I could see ABC saying, hey, we're bringing in the big boys for this one. Absolutely. And so let's take a, a quick look around the Big Ten. Um, a couple of interesting matchups that happened yesterday. You had Wisconsin Northwestern, which I think a lot of people expect. And, and and to be fair, Wisconsin has always had their struggles with Northwestern over the years. It's never been an easy game. But I think a lot of people, including myself and, and possibly yourself, uh, expected Wisconsin to kind of roll in that one. And they, they struggled with a f- pretty feeble Northwestern offense. They're uh, the first, first real inconsistent game for Jack Cohen at quarterback. What did you see from the Badgers uh, yesterday against Northwestern? Well, their defense, I've always said that this season felt like for Wisconsin, the X factor would be their defensive line. And you're continuing to see that. They're getting pressure on the quarterback. They're creating takeaways. They had two defensive scores yesterday. Jim Leonard's doing a really nice job with the personnel that they have at their disposal on defense. I look at their offense. Okay, if you can limit John Jonathan Taylor, you're never going to take him away. Mm-hmm. But if you can limit him to like 70 yards of TD, keep him under even 100 yards, and force them to have to throw in third and long situations, that changes the entire game. I still feel like Wisconsin is vulnerable offensively if you can take away their top weapon, and their defense is going to be something that carries them i i kind of comp it to okay they're, they're the chicago bears they have a strong defense quarterback is meh but you insert jonathan taylor into there so it's kind of like the bears plus jonathan taylor where they're built on their defense 
but they have a really, really lethal weapon on offense that if you take them away, you have no clue what could happen in the game. And Northwestern limited Jonathan Taylor just a little bit, but their offense is just feeble, James. Holy cow, they have no offensive weapons whatsoever, and that's going to just kill Northwestern down the stretch. Danny, do you want the good news or the bad news about the November 9th slate of college football? I want the I want the bad news right off the let's just get it out of the way. Okay. Bad news is LSU plays Alabama that day. We ain't getting college game day. That's that's I I I, I would love that, but there I don't think they're passing up LSU Alabama. But CBS is gonna get that game. That's so. true, but I mean, do they still go to the do they sometimes not go to the, the top matchup? Sometimes they don't, especially if a network is the the network is not covering the game. They'll go somewhere else. I would have to think, yeah, that's true. I mean, Penn State, Minnesota. If Minnesota can can take care of business before that game, they're they're gonna get it. If, if whether it's Fox or uh, you know ABC, whatever it is, uh, I guess yeah, I guess there is a chance if they're the ABC game, maybe maybe they do get game day. But I just uh, LSU Alabama. That's gonna. I mean, I I think that might be game of the game game of the season right there. It is the game of the year because LSU, in my opinion, is in my four right now. I know. A lot of people. I like them a really lot too. Don't think so, but my goodness, that whole defense is loaded. That back end is incredible. Burrow's playing extremely well. That team is a force to be reckoned with. They could beat Alabama. When, I agree. When you watch when you look at that game on paper and all the games that I've watched, LSU's been by far the most impressive. LSU's for real, for sure. And I, I'm I'm really looking forward to that game as well. That that should be a good week in college. Also, Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin, Iowa's that day as well. So wow, that, yes, a lot of uh, especially in the Big Ten, you got some big matchups. One big matchup yesterday that I definitely want to touch on uh, that didn't really amount to what uh, what I thought it was going to be was Nebraska at home taking on Ohio. State how good are the Ohio State Buckeyes my goodness they they just look like they're the class of the conference and I is there anybody that you see that that might challenge them for uh for the for the championship when you're looking in uh in late November early December at that well first Nebraska's uh, college football playoff team James how could you forget that (laughs) That's like, what, what's going on. You know, I heard other things where uh, I, if, if, I believe it was uh, the the broadcast team during the Minnesota game. They were talking about Martinez as a Heisman candidate. How's his Heisman candidacy looking at this point? I, I don't think I don't think uh, that was necessarily the best game for him. Nobody is touching Ohio State in the Big Ten. That team has loaded playmakers everywhere. I just enjoy when watching Ohio State getting the chance to see the. The talent that they have on their defensive line, Chase Young is going to be one of those guys that is coveted by every NFL team, absolutely dominant. They have speed all over the place. They'll run you off the field. No, Nobody's touching that in the Big Ten. Yeah, it's it was quite the performance yesterday. You know, I, I expected honestly that Nebraska might keep it within a couple of touchdowns. Uh, you know, they were playing at home traditionally. They they you know they do well at home in in the night game situation, but they were just it, it, from the start. It, it they were completely outmatched. Martinez had a poor game throwing the football, multiple interceptions, especially early on. And within the first, basically at the end of the first quarter, you you knew that it was it wasn't looking good for for Nebraska. But hey. 
hey, I mean, the Big Ten West, uh, it, it's looking it's looking like the Gophers. It's it's going to be there. Um, you know, it, they're they're going to be right there if they can just take care of business, especially in this next month. Iowa Northwestern, and then you could argue the Gophers are on that top of that next tier because Northwestern does not have any offense. They're struggling to develop any sort of identity, and the rest of the teams are all really close together in terms of sneaky but not really consistent. And so these next few games of all of them, this week's one is the biggest trap game. The Gophers have to come out and play really well. But it's a redemption game, James, after what happened last year down in Champaign. Let me tell you, Mm -hmm. there isn't going to be much need to get fired up because after getting blown off the field like they did, the Gophers are going to be ready to come out there and and seek some redemption, I think. Absolutely. And so as as we ended the last last Score North Gophers uh, weekend uh, edition show, I want to ask you about the, the Vikings game today. You have Minnesota going into Chicago to take on probably the best defense in the NFL. Obviously the the Vikings offense they've they've kind of done what they needed through the first the first couple games just to just to keep themselves in it. Um, what do you see again uh, with with Kirk Cousins and the Vikings offense going to Chicago to take on Khalil Mack? Akeem Hicks being out changes everything because mm-hmm. he's the heartbeat of that defense. Stuff in the run is one of the things that he's so good at. Bradbury versus Akeem Hicks was a game uh, matchup that I had circled on the calendar. Now it, it just opens up so much for Khalil Mack when you have him out on the field. And so the Vikings offense, if they can run the ball, that's very, very important because if they can't, then you're in those long down situations and you get Khalil Mack peeing off against the pass. They can switch up different things with their front seven, get creative like they love to do. And then you've got the game in the hands of Kirk Cousins. I'm not worried about the Vikings' defense because they'll find a way to make plays. And if you put heat on Trubisky and, and do the things that you need to do there and stop the run because they've allowed some explosive plays occasionally, they're, they, they have the, the matchup on paper in terms of the defenses. That's the two strengths, the strengths of these squads. It comes down to which quarterback makes the least amount of mistakes because the Vikings need a defensive score to win this game because it's going to be low scoring. And between the two teams, whoever does get that big defensive score is probably going to win the game. Daniel, where can the uh, the listeners, where can they find your work, both on the, the Gophers and I know you, of course, cover the Vikings. Where can they find both of those, uh, both of can, those musings from you? You can find it on scorenorth.com, my Gopher content, including the game breakdown, and then I cover the Vikings on my website, mnvikingscorner.com, and at Vikings Corner on Twitter. Perfect. Well, that was at Daniel House NFL on Twitter. Again, I am Murph underscore MN, James Murphy. We uh, we appreciate you tuning into another edition of the Score North Gopher Show. We will be coming to you again in the same form next weekend. It'll be a, a breakdown of the big homecoming game against Illinois. Well, for Daniel House, again, I have been James Murphy. We appreciate you listening. And again, Gophers win. They're 4-0. They beat Purdue and on to Illinois. 